Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy, and I've got with me Whippet. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Just uh, before we jog forward a little bit, how are you on Bondi Rescue now that you're a Gold Coaster? I'll still be commuting. You commute? Yeah, commuting yep. back and forth. I've, I've got obviously two gyms um, that I'm still part owner in and managing down in Sydney. Yes, while well, we have relocated to the Gold Coast, which so far has been very, very good, yep. um, yeah, I'll still be heading back and forth. The beauty of that is it's only an hour away on a plane and we can do it pretty easy, so. Yeah. yeah, still be doing a few shifts down the beach and I love that job. So, yeah. That's cool to, that you can work giving. in two different cities, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, I mean, it's a testament to my wife that uh, <laughs> she can hold the fort <laughs> while I'm gone. <laughs> but she always, <laughs> she always mentions it's probably easier at home when I'm gone for a couple of days anyway. Yeah, nice. One so, less kid to look after. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a house full of them there, isn't there? There is, there is. I uh, saw you guys down the beach the other day. You definitely bring the crowd when you come for a surf. Yeah, I know. We're not, um, yeah, we're not an easy, so we're like a bit of a move circus kind yeah, of thing we yeah. just one on the balance bike two a surfing or dog whatever dog, yeah, so there's, saw, a, yeah. there's a full gang of us getting around and mate why did you move the goldie mate the goldie moves been um oh, it's been something we've discussed as a fam like between my wife and i she's originally from here mm-hmm. and i met her when i was living up here in 2004 so yeah. next year will be 20 years oh so you met her up here yeah, yeah she's, okay. she's a gold coast girl or originally a kiwi who moved here when she was about three so her family's up here and yeah i moved i moved here for a year to to study at uni when I was about 20, I spent a lot of time in nightclubs and and uh, you know enjoying myself then, and finally got through the year of study. But that was the best thing that came out of it was meeting her, and that's yeah, that's 20 years next year. So wow. it's always been on our radar to move back, and the time felt right with the age that the kids are and schooling and stuff. So yeah, we just decided to give it a give it a go for 12 or 24 months and see what happens. And um, you know, if it's anything like the first couple of weeks, then I'm sure we're going to enjoy ourselves living up here full time. Yeah, you look like you're having fun the other day, mate. You just mentioned that you've been married for 20 years uh so 40 i'm 40 yeah. 40 yeah how's that feel yeah it's good yeah like i, I don't know I, when i was young i used to look at 40 year olds and go we i still look at them now and go oh okay. yeah and now, now you're 54 greek and now <laughs> i you know now that i'm there i i still don't i don't feel any different than i did when i was 25 apart from the fact that my responsibilities have changed yeah you know and i've got a few more niggles here and there from flogging the body over the years but you know like yeah mentally i still feel as fun and whatever as i was when i was 25 and yeah so i don't really think age is an age is an issue and i I reckon it's actually more of an opportunity to to see how how good you can get your body or how good you can get your mind once you get that little bit older, a bit more clarity and probably approach things a little bit more maturely than I, or definitely a bit more (laughs) maturely than I would have 20 years ago. You love your endurance sports, like yeah. you swam the channel. I'm clapping that in still. I still clap every time I see you that. You're hitting this revolution, this this new 40 year old warrior, and, then, and and you see it in gyms, and you see it, you see just Instagram itself. Like it's not it's not the premise of young men anymore. It's like fitness is beyond that. Do you think when you were 25 that you could have swam the channel? Like with, no. you look at the whole package. No, nah, no way. Yeah. Um, like in all honesty, I. I don't reckon, like, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't say I couldn't do it because I probably would have made Just myself or found through, yeah. a way to do it. But my approach to it as a, what I did it when I was 39, my approach to it at this age is a lot different and my mind is a lot stronger yeah. now than it was, say, 10 years ago um, at 29. And I think, yeah, I think I, I got through it better now than I would have then. And the other thing is, is I personally believe that, like, endurance-wise and even training-wise, yeah, you, lo- you hit your peak in some areas when you're young. 
young, but I feel that some of our best years can be in this like 35 to 45 even older, like I look at some of the guys who train in my gym, they're in their 50s and they've looked after themselves and, you know, they enjoy a drink, they enjoy food, whatever, but if they're consistently doing the right things, they're, they're still in such good shape and they're surfing, they're running, they're doing all these things and I look at them and I go, that's inspiration for me. Um, and, you know, and being in that field, I, I know what to do and, and how to do it, so it's just a matter of applying yourself and I think the older you get, the, the better your mind gets at being able to do those things. So, yeah, I'm 40s. Sweet with me. Tom. Yeah. And so you mentioned your gym, Elab. Like you, you're still yep. part of that? Yeah. Yeah, still still part owner there with um, Trent Langlands and Mark Mitchell there, two of the best business partners you could ever ask for. And like in terms of, you know, Mark's been a physio for 20 plus years and, yeah. you know, he does a lot of strength and conditioning and his knowledge of the body is sensational. And so yeah. I learned so much from him. Um, and on the other hand, you've got Trent Langlands or Chang, he's training the best athletes Absolutely, in the world. Yeah. And, and he's really found that niche with the jockeys at the moment and a lot of footy players and you know the, the things Willie I've learned you guys him, doesn't he what's that Willie yeah Mace yeah, yeah big Mace comes in and, and even he like comes to our classes and he's now he's saying I wish I knew about this and this style of training to have added to my footy days like yeah. they do a lot of heavy lifting and he said it's a lot of you know one dimensional stuff to make him strong but he said I'm, he moves as good as I've ever seen mm. for anybody um, who's watch Willie Mason train. I honestly think he moves as good as anyone I've seen in the gym. His footwork and his what, early 40s now as well. Yep. Um, you know, you bash your body playing footy. Most of them are struggling to walk or to do anything. He is still a weapon. Yeah, so, is, yeah it's a credit to him for – but he trains hard. Like he's – I know he does stuff outside of our gym and he does at least three classes a week at our gym and then he does, you know, he's all over the place training. So He's still doing sprint training and stuff too. Like, yeah, he yeah. still trains with Roger and, yeah, like, as I said, he, he moves so well for someone in their 40s. And do you think it's a really cool place where E-Lab is, like what you got? Because your, your gym's really different. Yeah. Like when you walk in and you go, wow, this is this is cool. Wow. Yeah. It, it's something we, we, we created it through what we saw was a, a gap in the market. We were running – other style, like, like you know, more just that straight-up group training yep. kind of get in. And I think, you know, while we were younger, we kind of had that mentality of come in, rip in as hard as you can. Sweat high five. Yeah, <laughs> get out, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. But Mark moved to Sydney as a physio and, and was set up in the, in the same building as us, like just borrowed a little room out the back of us and, and he built an incredible physio business. And people would get injured, they'd go and see him. And they come back to class probably a little bit early yep. uh, and then they'll re-injuring themselves and we're like, there's got to be something in that space of you want to be back feeling like you're training hard but you're still nurturing those injuries or you're, you're nurturing post-pregnancy or you you know post-surgery or whatever so we created elab on the back of being able to give people a safe place to be able to enjoy the community feel of group training get what they need out of it in terms of your calorie burn and and you know yep. feeling like you've worked hard yep. but in an environment where if you can't do burpees or you can't do box jumps you're not doing them we're giving you an ex a different exercise yep. and so it's a, it's a personalized group training session and it's like our injury rate or like our, well, our lack of injury rate is is phenomenal Testament, now compared yeah. to, you know, what else, what other gyms I see around. And I think when people come to us, having been at other places, they really notice that care. All of our trainers are either, you know, long-term PTs or physios, exercise physiologists, all of those sorts of things. Yeah. So EPs, we've got all them guys working for us. And everyone who comes in gets a full body assessment. And so they know exactly what they can and can't do when they go to their first class. So it's, it's a bit different, but I love that because it challenges us all the time to be able to find the same session for you, for me, for Willie, for my mom, 
my dad and my little sister all in one room. Yeah, it's and, pretty and cool. That home. Creates its own challenges, but yeah. it also creates a really good training environment because everyone can inspire or get something out of someone else in the room. So yeah, it's it's doing well, and we love it down there. Yeah, like. Uh, as a gym owner, are you missing the 4.30 get-ups in the morning? I've got three kids, 4.30, <laughs> and I don't know if anyone else knows this, but in summer the birds shit the bed pretty quick up here, pretty early there, up loud, chirping at quarter past four, the sun's up. But, yeah, it's um, it's been a nice couple of weeks, like yeah. not having to be, you know, at the gym at 5 a.m. every day. I've been getting up and, you know, going surfing with the kids or doing, you know, going training myself. I've started doing some run swims down at Crumman Creek with a few of the lads and we're going to expand on that in the new year. And yeah, it's it's amazing for your own mind when you can get up and do something that you're choosing to do rather than feeling like you're going to work. Even though I love that style of, style of work, it's, um, it's been a good couple of weeks, but I won't be able to last too long before I'm doing something, you know, training for some new adventure or an event or something like that. And do you think it's all this, like, so you've, you've got a really cool career. You're, you're, you're an actor as a kid. You were a semi-pro surfer, like did the junior yeah, circuit. Yeah, yeah competed. Competed in, in that. Surfing, yeah. And obviously lifeguard and ended up owning gyms. Like, yeah. pretty cool. Do you reckon there's a correlation there between why you still are hitting endurance events in a big way at 40? And, I mean, you, you've told me what you want to do next as well. Like, yeah. You're redefining that space. Like, do you think that's got a lot to do with that whole journey that you had, and the fact that you spent so long in places and with people in, in your Elab family? Do you think that has a lot to do yeah. with where you're at? I think, um, like the acting when I was young, I sort of fell into that, and that gave me a really interesting and awesome childhood. Someone sent me some footage of you doing that the other day. Oh yeah, dead set. Your kids are want to get me this. Yeah, exactly. yeah wow. my oldest <laughs> one's exactly at me at ten years old. <laughs> that was almost identical. But yeah, like I sort of fell into. To that but it but it opened my eyes to live in a pretty full life yeah like I, there was nothing sheltered about it mum and dad were awesome they let me kind of experience a lot of things and and the people that i worked with were awesome and in, in terms of looking after me and not letting me be exposed to too much but also letting me see that hang on there's a lot of fun stuff to be done in this world and um if you just when you know a little you know they talk about you know opportunity like the crack in the door opens i think it's you got to kick it open and, and see what's on the other side and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out if it does perfect it'll open up more and for me you know that side of my life sort of ended a little well, what i thought sort of would end a little bit doing the tv stuff um that's when i went surfing and i traveled and you know got to compete in england and france and travel to hawaii and indo and all that surfing as a young guy and that was an epic couple of years as well meeting and making friends all over the world um, which i'm still in touch with 20 years later so that's that was that and then when i came home i wasn't really sure what i was going to do and Kerbox said mate you spend that much time down the beach anyway you might as well get paid for it um <laughs> come and give us a hand and that's that's how that started and then the that show was. started a year or two after i started lifeguarding and yeah. you know we all thought it was a one-off one-hour documentary that's literally what it got shown to us and within three weeks they had enough for like five episodes so they said oh well, hang on let's get six episodes out see how it goes and i think they're into their 17th 18th year they're, they're about to start filming again this year it's unbelievable isn't it yeah it's crazy it's crazy it's always um i got massage this morning and the guy that used to own the butcher at torquay said he knew you pretty well because you used oh, to hang down there yeah, a lot. Yeah, I used to go down there a lot with it, spend yeah. time with mates down there. Yeah, he said you were down there heaps. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah in terms of, like, how life's kind of um, pushing me to still do things, I think I've lived an active life and I've tried to stay healthy, um, you know, and that's not to say you're an angel all times, but, mm. you know, like, in, on the whole, I think my, my good habits outweigh my bad habits and, you know, I, I, I'm around people that are forever wanting to be fit. 
Yeah. And, that, and that for me is, you know, like what do they say that your five closest friends help define who you are or whatever it is. Like I spend top time around people that are fit and healthy, whether it's, you know, some of the lifeguards are some of the fittest guys I know. Yeah. Um, and the competitiveness down there pushes me to always want to be at the top of my game. If something happens and I let them down, that would, that would shatter me. So I never want that to happen. But also with the gym, I see people, as I said before, that are 50 or, you know, older that are still <laughs> smashing it. And I'm like, how good is that? Like that to me is epic so if i can be doing that then that's that's sort of the goal for me and to keep pushing myself and i've got three young kids that i've got to try and keep up with so yeah, yeah that that keeps me keep keeps that me purpose training. going mate what what are like what you say 18 seasons of bondi rescue honestly what what are your top three most memorable moments top three most memorable moments yeah it's hard think, to do isn't it because it's so big yeah, yeah it is it's it's so big and uh, we're lucky like I don't think people kind of really gave lifeguarding as a career or a job much credit before I guess they saw what happens at the beach. And I know a lot of the lifeguards up here on the Gold Coast and and no everyone would think, oh, they just get around down the beach and it's what an yeah. office and they don't do anything, which is what people thought of before they started seeing us filmed doing live resources and rescues and all that. And so I, I my appreciation for lifeguards around the world has always been super high but to be able to have some of it on film it gives us those memories to be able to keep holding on to so for me i think my biggest ones probably my first ever resus which has probably been used in about 10,000 first aid courses now <laughs> and i um i kind of i didn't have to do too much because there was a lot of really experienced lifeguards there but i but i was a part of you know saving this young guy's life and for me that's that's the biggest reward of our job so yeah, that's pretty cool it um there's that i did another resus on a on a local guy someone started screaming at us and we raced down in the buggy and these two um european guys had found him face down in waist deep water and dragged him in and i as i rolled him over and i just looked and i was like oh, it's timmy like a local guy from down the beach at Bronny, who i'd surfed with a thousand times and i was like oh shit you know, this is this is a bad one. And we worked on him for like 20 minutes, 25 minutes before the Ambos got there. We shocked him with the defib three times and, and then he came good. Um, no way. Yeah. And he, like, as he left, he was still pretty in a pretty bad way, but we had a heartbeat. He was breathing, semi-conscious. And I remember speaking to him, he had surgery and he came back with his wife and speaking to him, he said, he said the weirdest thing was, he said, I was right, I was surfing on a wave. And he said, and I felt everything just close in and he had a heart attack like mid-wave. No. And just fell in. And that's no, why he was in no. waist deep water. He'd ridden it most of the way in. And he said, and I have no recollection of anything. And then that light that closed just started to open back up. And he said, and the only thing I could <laughs> see was your face. And he said, oh. and he goes, I think I just died. <laughs> He said, but I can't die in front of him. So that was like, that was a really weird little conversation we had. But I think as well, for me, like all the pranks and stuff with Kerbox and oh, some those of the days ones. when HR were probably a little more lenient on, on what we were allowed to get away with and do to each other at work was some of those things. Some of those days were the funniest days I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And I got to do that at work. So yeah, yeah. But, there's been plenty of good memories and um, yeah, I hope they continue for a long time. Do you guys all still hang out together? Like have you got, is like, you and Box are still mates. Do you, do you, all the lifeguards still come together? Like 18 years together, that's a massive family of, yeah. And I assume it's not a high turnover. Nah, it's, well, it's a, um, it's a really tight knit yep. crew. And some of the guys that I was grew up with my whole life outside of lifeguarding, you know, went to school with and stuff that were lifeguards and they've moved up here now. And so I'm getting to reconnect with them a lot yeah. with their kids. So yeah, the, once you're in there, you, you're pretty entrenched in that family. And, and I spend all my time outside of work with guys from work. Like yeah. little Chase Hardacre, one of the new, or his younger guy down there now, he 
he lives with my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, he dates my niece. So it's it's very close knit. And yeah, we, we all get along super well. All our, you know, Christmas, end of season, pretty much any time someone wants to go to the pub, they throw it on the group chat and whoever's yeah. not working is like, yep, I'm there. So yeah, that's cool. It's a really good um, training environment, socializing environment. And um, yeah, it's it's one of the best. Like I had three of the lifeguards at one time were my th- were three of my groomsmen. Yeah, at my okay. wedding, so and yeah. vice versa. So yeah, it's a pretty tight knit little little group of guys, and it's a, it's a really enjoyable workspace for that reason. And is it from a you mentioned HR and stuff a second ago from a working perspective? Is it do you get thousands of people trying to get jobs there? It's not as busy as probably what you would think. Okay, it's like the criteria to to pass any lifeguarding test is you know you, you've got to have certain skill set. Um, you've also got to be fit enough. You've got to want to age more rapidly than most people by spending that much time in the sun, <laughs> hence the crow's feet. But, yeah, it's – we get it. You know, you get a, a number of applications, but as I said, only a certain number of women or guys are suitable for the job each yeah. year. And, yeah, sometimes finding new blood is actually – Oh, diff- okay. Yeah, it's more right. difficult than you'd think. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, as I said, it, it takes a certain type of person to want to do that job. And and whilst nine out of ten days, I always say it, nine out of ten days, is, it's the best job in the world, that one day is is horrific. Yeah. When, you, when you've seen a dead, you know, like a body retrieval or a resus, or the boys had that one on that little baby, um, Harry's and Harrison, and that did that resus on the baby last season. And like things like that, uh, they stay with you for life. So yeah. it's, you know, it's like fireys or police or paramedics you've always got that in the back of your head that you're going to work and something bad might happen yeah how do you as a a group manage thirty thousand people coming to the beach like is it is- i prefer the busy days you do do you? yeah because you're just I always think, on yeah, yeah i think your your mind is you get there and you go right we're on the days that it's overcast and windy and there's people coming and going, there's dribs and drabs, it's a lot easier to switch off and, and that's a lot of time when things go wrong. Yeah. Um, for us, I, I love it when it's busy. We, we you know, we'll have, say, seven of the boys there, 30,000 on the beach, have one guy at north, which is generally a little bit safer. We'll have two buggies going, one on the jet ski, one in the tower or two in the tower and happy days. I love it. They're the, the best days. Time flies and everyone's just boom, 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 boom. And you go and have beer in the shower or whatever after, have beer after work and it's it's unreal. I mean, I, I love the show. I've watched it heaps and I just piss myself laughing when I watch it. But you watch those days and, and you know, we're all about risk assessment, everything we do. And I just look and go, how? <laughs> how do you even go close to managing that? It's- yeah. And, and it's like any good workplace, you've got trust. Mm. Like it's faith in the guys or trust in the guys that are and girls that are around you. And if you've got that, then you know all you've got to do is your bit and keep that little portion safe and whoever's in the tower's kind of bird's eye view in it. And yeah, you've just got to do your bit and be there if someone else needs you. And if that happens, we don't lose many people for how busy no, Bondi exactly, is. And, yeah. Um, you know, we 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 see it as a bad year if we lose one. Yeah. You know, like, so, yeah, for how many millions of people frequent that beach and swim every year, I think it's a pretty good ratio. It's crazy. Is AI and stuff coming into that space at all? Like, is there cameras that look for, the, okay, I guess with 30,000 people, yeah, no, no cameras handling that, is it? We've got, ca- there's cameras set up and, and yeah. I guess, you know, they could, they're good for after events because you can go back and you can, yep. you know, especially like, you know, thieving and all that kind of stuff on the beach. They catch yep. a lot of that. But in terms of rips, you can actually maybe monitor where you might you might see someone go in. If you lose someone, you can use them for that sort of stuff. But in terms of predicting and reacting, I, I don't think you'll ever outdo a human yeah. that's on point and ready to go. 
Um, I'm not that technologically advanced, so that kind of stuff scares me. Eh? Are they talking about drones dropping off? You know how you guys paddle, you guys paddle out in some pretty crazy surf there. Are they talking about using drones and things in that space? Yeah, there's to- been discussions around drones yeah. and you know being able to drop um, like little inflatable yep. rings and stuff like that. Again, a lot of that t- stuff takes so much skill set, and and you know if it's real windy. Generally, the surf's big and rough. If it's windy, you can't really fly them. Yep. You drop a little inflatable thing out, it flies 50 it wants, meters yeah. away from the person who needs it anyway. So oh, I do not I do really like them for being able to fly over with a speaker yep. and alert people if they're in danger. That's cool. You know, like, hey, buddy, you're in danger. You're in a rip. Just paddle that. Just swim that way or relax. Someone's coming to get you. Hmm. I think they're good for that. But in yeah. terms of actual rescuing things, uh, rescuing people or whatever, I, again, I think we're pretty far off being able to outdo you know, a man or like a person on a jet ski or a woman on a board or whatever it is, like that's sort of still probably the, the most reliable. This podcast is brought to you by the new BC Energy, Need a Boost. You want that 160 megs of caffeine, 100% sugar-free, three flavours, Ice Blast, Berry Burst, Lime Crush. BC Energy is your answer. Whether you're looking to crush a can or crush a workout, Mark. Raise the bar, raise the can. Boom. And mate, you do a lot of water safety as well and normally in... Um, let me. How do I how do I say stupid events in a nice way? Fun uh, conditions. Fun conditions. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Probably one of I think Cape Fear was classified as one of the the gnarliest events ever yeah. in the history of surfing. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, that was that was a pretty wild couple of days. And you put your hand up to jump in the water as safety. Mm. I, I can I ask why? Why? <laughs> Um, my wife said the same thing. Um, I'm sure she oh, did. There's a few reasons. One, like I'm in awe of the boys that would take. Oh, that off. was yeah, that was crazy. Like that, yeah. that that Cape Fear in 2016 with Red Bull, like that was the hands down craziest sort of event I've ever seen. And um, I remember driving over. We knew it was going to be big, and we're driving across Botany Bay as I was driving the jet ski, and I was on this big pontoon inflatable thing. It's like 18 feet by six foot or whatever, and that was what we used in the case of an emergency. So a helicopter can pick up off it. In the middle, and we anchored it out in the ocean and we're driving across the middle of Botany Bay and we went up this swell that was so big and it was dark. It was like first cracks of light and the wind got under it and flipped me off. Oh. I started screaming and I hate that body of water anyway, <laughs> screaming and, and he came back, picked me up and I said, did you feel how long we went up that swell for? And he was like, mate, that, it's massive. And we got there and we were looking at this wave and we're like, that's really big. And then we realised that that wasn't even where the wave breaks and it was breaking in a spot i'd never even seen it break and i was like oh my outrageous and the noise and we were out there on the jet skis and they were like should we have it or should we not and you know kind of comes down a bit to the surfers call a bit to our call to their risk assessment team and i was like i hope they have it because something someone's going to get the craziest barrel the world's ever seen today um turns out Heaps of the boys did and not many got made. Um, but, yeah, that was a wild. Shout out to Richie Vass. <laughs> yeah, played Vass. Um, How good know, was that? Jughead, yeah. Kobe, all those guys were, were charging. Yeah. Ryan Hipwood, like those guys were putting themselves in the gnarliest position I've ever, ever seen in surfing. And, and we were just had the front row seat. And, and if you had to, we had to dive in and swim. I had flippers on, so I felt pretty comfortable. In and around there, you, you're super close to the rocks. Um, which obviously adds that danger. But, yeah, I had the front row seat to the best show I'd ever seen at the time. So it was pretty special and I've, I've done the one at Shipsterns. And for me, it's a buzz, you know, like I know it's a dangerous job and I, I know that putting you, you know, I'm willing to put myself in that position to save, you know, Vass and I've been mates with those guys for 30 yeah. years almost. So I'd do whatever it takes to go and save him. But those guys are so capable. Mm. Um, and every time he gets smashed, you think he's dead, Vass pops up and laughs yeah. and 
goes, yeah, no, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mate, there's something wrong Special with you. Special human, that guy. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> all, of them, all of them know what they do. That's what they do for a living. So for us, it's just about making sure we, if something goes wrong, like when Jughead hit his head on the reef and knocked yep. himself out, that we were able to get him there and get him patched up and off to an ambulance. And that's our role. You know, I love it. I'd do more of those events if I could. Is that right? Yeah. What was... um. Jumping in the water at Shippies, like, because it's not the, the friendliest looking place in the world. Nah, that's um, that's more intimidating. I, I'd like just swimming. I'd rather be almost in the whitewash getting pummeled than swimming in the channel just because I don't know what's below me in the channel down there. Yeah. There's a lot of big fish um, <laughs> around down there. So, yeah, I mean, down there we probably don't swim as much as we do, say, at Cape Fear because it's a bit bigger playing field, whereas at Cape Fear I could swim in the water at the Sydney one. You can swim in the water and, and you kind of know where they're going to fall. If they don't fall, they go past you in their happy days anyway. Yeah. But I was like being able to sit right in that impact zone just 10 metres off the ledge and I could be in there before that next wave came and then the jet ski would loop on the next wave. So that was a bit of a, a thing. We trained there heaps. Like we went there in swells when it was flat, climbed in and around the rocks, spent time. So, you, you know, the more it's like anything, the more you prepare, the better you'll be when shit hits the fan and we wanted to be as prepared. Like the guys at Pro Guarding who kind of run that space, I reckon, in Australia. Yeah, they're the they're the top. Um, which as a, was one of our lifeguards, he was my boss at, at Waverley for 15 years or whatever. He He's one of the best watermen and most calculated guy when it comes to safety. They're doing movies and TV shows and all those events. And and for me, I know who else is in that team. And I, if I get hurt, someone will be there just as quick to get me. So you're pretty safe as much as you can be. I think you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know, you trade though, mate. That's the big difference, isn't yeah. it? Like, and you got the confidence in yourself. Do you do a lot of swim training around that? Like, is yeah, like when I know there's one of those events coming up, I'll, I'll spend more time swimming for sure. Um, and, and how does your training change? Leading, I mean, obviously you've got your elab style training and your run swim stuff you do. But how does it change leading into a, like a major? Because they are major events. Yeah, um, like I find, like for me personally, I've never been like a, a full gym weight, like lifting a lot of weights kind of guy. I love my surfing. I love you know running, swimming. For me, I find very relaxing. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you're almost deaf in there. You can fill your ears with blue tack and no one can annoy you. Yeah. So you can kind of get away. And I find that for me is a almost like recovery sessions to the other ones. You know, E-Lab's a lot of functional movements and, you know, that's where I lift my weights. If I'm going to lift weights, hit our strength classes and, and do those. So I like to have a real mix of training as a base. I've always enjoyed the cardio side of stuff. I've got a good engine that I know I can push and that's where the endurance events come. And once I sign up to something like that or, you know, once the – those kind of big wave water safety events come around. I just tailor my training to what I need to do. Like when I did the channel, everything else had to take a backward step. Yeah. Surfing included, which was painful. But if the waves are good and I had to do a three-hour swim, I had to do the three-hour swim before I could go surfing. And after three hours of swimming, the chances yeah. of wanting to go <laughs> surfing are pretty slim. So I, mean, I gave up a lot of surfing for that year. But, yeah, I just – I just, I, I make a plan and once I know, I know how my body works and I know I'm better off being probably a little bit underdone than overcooked and, and hope for the best on the day. But yeah, I tailor all my training around whatever event I've got coming up and I ran the marathon up here. I hadn't run for a few years really. And so I did signed up to the Gold Coast Marathon last year and came up and with a few mates and we had the best weekend yep. ever and, and it hurt. Toenails are still recovering a couple of them, but what a, like what an event just to sign up to and put yourself out there. And if you come unstuck, you come unstuck, you could work out what went wrong and you get better for next time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm a massive fan of people putting themselves out there yep. and, and giving something to crack. I don't care whether you fail at the event 
signing up is a success in my eyes. Like, and that's a lot of my mates have signed up and done some pretty crazy things. The fact that they finished was a bonus. Yeah. The fact that they signed up and I learned way more in training for the English channel than I got out of the day itself. The day itself to me was nowhere near as bad as I thought it would be. Nowhere near, wasn't, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be on the day, but I think, you know, my preparation was pretty good. And as, as we spoke about before, my mind at 40 was so much stronger and more capable than it was 15 years ago that mentally I was good the whole way, you know, so I never thought I wasn't going to make it once I got about halfway across, but yeah, tailoring your training, seeing the right people, getting a coach. Yeah. Like I, I need you always, no matter how good you are at something, someone's better than you. Yeah. So get help, see that person, get a coach, get better yourself. Yeah. I love it. So mate, you've, you've swum the channel, you've looked after some crazy events, you've moved a thousand Ks from the safety net, like 40, to move at 40, a thousand Ks, you've got an established business, great clientele. What is next for you? Mate, for me, I think at this stage in my life with the kids, I, I want to be really present with them for the, for this next few years while they're at that age where they still want to hang out with you. Yeah. That to me is pretty important. Um, for me personally, I think I, I want, want to do the cool and get a gold yeah. next year. Um, <laughs> there you go. I've never paddled a ski, like a surf ski, so I've sent a couple of messages out to- um, That sounds weird when you think of a, a lifeguard. Never, a yeah, well, it's that, not that- we, that, know, we don't That's use a club them. in a lifeguard, yeah. yeah it's, exactly. It's difference, yeah. I guess, but yeah. I got I jumped on one down at Bondi a couple of years ago. It took me 45 minutes to get to North Bondi and back, and I was black <laughs> on my hips from climbing back into this thing. Um, so I've messaged Maddie Bevilacqua and- Oh, yeah, well, you've um, picked the right man. Yeah, well, him and- I know there's a couple of other guys on the BSC team that yeah. can um, might be able to help me out. So yeah, they've got a tough job. But the ski and the the I mean the ski will be tough, but the run, swim, and the paddle, I know I can yeah. push through. So yeah, that for me, I think you know it should be around that six hour kind of goal, and I feel that's where my body's at its best in in things that are long enough that you you've got to back off the speed just a bit. But yeah, where you can still kind of try and push it in that zone for a long time is where I feel mentally and physically I'm at my best. Yeah. You dragging any of the boys along to do that with you? Don't know if I'll get many. A few of them have said they might try and look at a team, um, which would also be good because at least then you've got people to laugh and yeah. chat with along the way if, if you got a few. But, you know, Reedy will come up and he'll run around like a madman running support for me if I need it. So yeah. just him yapping at your heels the whole day. That'll get you through anything, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Because he did the channel with you as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he came over. He spent a lot of time. He gave up a lot of his time. So did a lot of people. But, um, yeah, he did a fair bit of help, you know, in the lead up to it and then came over, spent the week with me and the family. Um, just being that guy that made everything easier, organized yeah. a lot of stuff that I didn't want to have to be thinking about when I was trying to focus on other stuff. And him and, you know, Gene and my wife, they get along real well. So it was like having a friend for her to take a bit of the stress off her and the kids. So, yeah, and once we got on the boat, he was in charge of – updating everyone which he did a great job of mm. so i've heard um i wasn't paying too much attention to him <laughs> filming himself on the boat but i know he was sunburnt <laughs> and tired by the end so he must have been working hard yeah that's good he that's did good. swim half an hour because you can people can jump in sporadically and have to swim like just a bit back from you. Yeah. He got out after half an hour. We, I stopped for my next feed. He goes, this is horrible. I would <laughs> never do this. <laughs> that was about seven hours in. So I was like, yeah, man, it's not the best out here. Uh, that's nothing like a bit of motivation at the seventh that's hour. It. Mate, is there anyone you want to, um? Yeah, do, do you want to tell people what you're, like, you're doing is you, you swim rum club at Crum and do you want to tell people about this stuff? Or, yeah, or, yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that I've always loved. The beach yeah. and the ocean. I've, I've always found lifeguarding at our lifeguard test, that transition from swimming 
and running, swimming and running, swimming and running yep. has always been a real, real challenge for a lot of people, myself included. Um, and so, I've, yeah, I've got a bit of a crew forming down at Crumman at the alley there. And um, we're going to start hit, hitting at 5.30 Mondays and Wednesdays, all levels, um, even the crew we've got now, which are just mates to start with yep. and we'll build from there. But anyone who wants to come down, you can get in touch with me on Insta and um, yeah, as long as you can swim. Um, yeah, then all levels of speed and that don't make a difference. You just, you know, safety-wise, I want everyone to be able to swim and I'll keep an eye on that and watch people that I don't know. But, yep. um, yeah, it's just a fun way of of getting a 45-minute session in. You're in the ocean. You know, we can use the safety of different parts of the creek for when the conditions change and the tides are moving. So, yeah, it'll be a, a great kind of I'm excited to see what comes of it because people don't think they can do things and they'll come and do a couple of sessions and even the improvements of the boys over this first couple of weeks, I'll, you know, there's a swim run race up here that just happened a few weeks ago, so I'll, I'll try and get a few of them signed up for that. I, I think goals. Yeah, awesome. Sign yourself up for something that scares you and then work out how to finish it is, yeah. is a really big motto. And, yeah, I'm pretty lucky back at home in Sydney, um, got a couple of people around that are that are very in that space. Harry Garside, the boxer, yep. the way he sets goals and the discipline that that guy has is, is second to none and he's just qualified for the Olympics. So, yeah, I'll be keen as to watch watch him his journey and uh and ned brockman is another one yeah. you don't have to run across australia but the way he approaches life i think is is pretty cool and um yeah i, I take a lot of it they're you know a lot younger than me those guys but i take a lot of inspiration out of that and just give it a crack yeah what do you got to lose yeah exactly monday wednesdays 5 30 crumbin and what's your insta whippet underscore so at whippet underscore find me on there hit me up Get you down, come and have a couple of run swims. I, I Mondays. Know you'll you'll be, be down there on Mondays. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll introduce a bit of paddling stuff as well. I'm like. going to introduce a new one called Swim, Run, Walk. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't matter your speed. The, the, the good thing with that sort of those short loops is that the fast faster crew can do six laps. Yeah. Some can do four. Some can get a couple out. Maybe after three weeks they might get three laps out, four laps in a month after that. So I don't really care what people do as long as they're pushing themselves and yep. i think that in life is pretty pretty you know like it resonates with a lot of people you don't always have to be the best at everything or anything but you just got to have a go and if you're seeing improvements then that's that's where it's at and for me like as we talked about before being 40 now i reckon realistically physically and mentally my best years can still be ahead of me um so i'm hoping that yeah moving into my 40s that you can keep keep creating enough stuff that will make me better than I was in my 30s. But, yeah, like, you know, discipline, I think, comes better as you get older. Yeah, I agree and, with that. And discipline yeah. is the key to success in yeah. in anything, really. So, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to, to try and be, you know, better in my 40s than I was in my 30s. Depending on what that looks like, yes, I might not be as fast over a short distance or whatever. I'm, I might have been able to do some things better mobility-wise, whatever, but I feel like I can still improve and for, for the state of the your age, you know, you can always improve to be better than what you could be at the same age. So that that for me is like, you look at Kelly Slater, the guy's 50, mm. one or whatever, he still moves unbelievably. Yeah, he's had a stack of injuries, but who wouldn't when yeah. you've surfed like he has for yeah. for 45 years kind of thing. So, yeah, like you, I look at him and I, I think if he can still be surfing, I won't ever surf like that. But I can still surf well at 45 or 50 with the kids, and that's epic. Yeah. So stay, don't stop making products. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll keep our promise and stay aspirational, mate. I love it. Thanks for coming on. Mate, thanks for having me. Perfect.